Hi, it's great to be able to connect with you again, and I trust you, you're connecting during the week as well. Our live groups are taking place in various areas. We've also got a Facebook Wednesday prayer time at 7 o'clock, and also Friday of a, a kids' message, a Rise Kids' message from Gillian, our Rise Kids worker. So I hope if you look at our platforms and social media, Facebook, our church suite, or our YouTube channel, you'll, you'll find out and find these ways to connect during the week, but it's great to connect this morning. This is our last Sunday in May where we've looked at embrace the promise. We've looked at embrace the promise of provision, of peace, preparation, presence, which has presence. And today we're gonna to look at the promise of power. We can't go through the whole lot of promises that are in the Bible. But I encourage you to read the Bible, search the scriptures and find promises that God has got for you and then embrace those promises and believe them and expect God to answer his promise is. Embrace means to accept willingly or enthusiastically. We know that God is faithful to his promise. Is. This is what the Bible says of God and his promises. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I, two parts of the promise. God gives the promise. He's faithful to his promise. And we have to embrace the promise by saying, yes, I believe that promise. I hold on to that promise. And I'm believing it's becoming a reality in my life. When we embrace the promise, we find God is faithful to his promise. Today, we're looking at the last promise recorded of Jesus speaking to his disciples. It's in the book of Luke, and Luke is writing to his friend Theophilus, and he's explaining a bit of Jesus' interaction with the disciples between his resurrection and his ascension. And this promise was really because of his ascension, because he was going back to his father. This is why this promise was being given to his disciples here. We can find it in the book of Acts, right at the very first chapter. And I'm going to read a few verses from Acts chapter 1. And Luke writes, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The context is between Jesus' resurrection and ascension and the disciples, the apostles are excited about the resurrection but if you read it, they're still not quite getting what was happening. They kept asking Jesus, is this the time when you're going to restore Israel's kingdom, restore our physical earthly kingdom? But Jesus is not concerned about the, the earthly kingdom. He's concerned about a kingdom, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He's concerned about God's kingdom. And he refocuses their attention and what it's all about. It's not about a physical kingdom, it's about a spiritual kingdom, and for that spiritual kingdom, you need spiritual authority. He talks about the kingdom of God, and he basically says to the apostles, the stuff that you're thinking about, that's nothing to do with you, that's not your responsibility, that's not your goal or aim in life to restore that kind of kingdom. That's all in Father God's hands. And how often do we get caught up in things that are not really our responsibility or things to do with us? Or looking at other people's lives and thinking, oh, I wish that was me. Our calling, our responsibility is to do what Father God is asking us to do, to get caught up in what he is calling us to do. And Jesus basically refocuses the minds of the apostles here and he says, forget about earthly kingdoms. You're called to be part of the kingdom of God and see that demonstrated on earth and extended on planet earth. And in order for that to happen, we need that spiritual kingdom authority and power in our lives. See, he says here that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and then the rest of the world, basically. There's a promise and there's also the power. Basically, Jesus is saying to these guys, guys, you guys are good. You've had the greatest coach, mentor, teacher, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, life leader that anyone could ever wish for. You've seen me do incredible things on planet Earth while I was walking amongst you. You've learned some incredible life principles and truth and kingdom principles and kingdom truths that you can apply to your life and teach others. And it's all been good so far. But the reality is, even though you're all gifted in your own right and you've had incredible teaching and incredible example and input from me, that is not enough to change the world. That is not enough for you to transform society. That is not enough. The training's been great. You've learned an awful lot, sometimes through your mistakes, but you've still learned an awful lot. And you're gifted. You're equipped in so many ways, but you're still not ready to fulfill all that Father God has got for you to see his kingdom here on earth. You need spiritual power and authority for this spiritual kingdom. Guys, I know you. So here's the deal. Don't leave 
Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes in power to equip you for all that is ahead. You're good, you've had great training, but it's not enough. You need a supernatural ability and equipping and power that you don't possess yourself, that all the training in the world can't give you. It's a spiritual kingdom and it's a spiritual power and authority that you need in your life. So you wait a few days and then in a few days you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm not leaving you to your own devices. I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit to equip and empower you for what happens next. I'm not leaving you on your own. And it's up to you to step up to the plate. It's your day. It's your hour. It's your time. My time here on earth is coming to an end. I fulfilled all that I came to do, and I'm commissioning you to go on mission to see the transformation of the world, to proclaim me, to proclaim my kingdom, to proclaim the goodness of God and the power of God and demonstrate it on planet earth, and I'm equipping you with the power of the Holy Spirit coming into your life to do that. There's a promise of power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to transform you into what you can be. And you can maybe say, well, what's the purpose? We have the promise, and then there's the power. But what is the purpose of it all? And Jesus could have said, remember earlier, we see it in John chapter 4, it says, I'm going to my Father at some point, but greater works than what I've done, you will do, because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. That day is coming here. And all we can read about Jesus' life, and I love reading the Gospels. I love uh, the way that they just express the stories of Jesus and bring out the truth. And I love Luke's Gospel in particular. It's probably my favorite. And I love his account and how he tells the story of Jesus. But early on, right when Jesus was starting his ministry, his public ministry, so to speak, he was baptized by John in the River Jordan. And then it says in Luke chapter 4, you can read it, that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. What an incredible picture that is. Jesus was led by the Spirit into a wilderness, into an isolation, into a lockdown where he was tempted for 40 days. But I love what it says. He went into that place full of the Holy Spirit. And after he came out those 40 days of lockdown and isolation. This is what the Bible says of him. Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope you got that. He went into a place of isolation and lockdown and wilderness and temptation and difficulty, full of the Holy Spirit. And he came out of that place still filled with the Holy Spirit. And my prayer that as we come out of lockdown is that we individually and collectively as a church come out of it filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit to renew what God has called us to do and be filled and renewed again by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power, the strength, the authority that God has for us. See, when Jesus came out of that temptation filled with the Holy Spirit, a few days later we read he went to church as of the day. And he started reading from the Old Testament. He picked up a scroll and he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, filled with the Holy Spirit, went into the church and says, and he read this scripture, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me not to feel good, but to go and demonstrate that kingdom authority. And he said that time, this scripture is now fulfilled in your ears of those who are listening, i.e., this scripture from the Old Testament, this is the day where I'm coming in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and it's my turn now to go out and demonstrate that kingdom authority and power. And then he says here to the disciples, my turn is coming to an end. I'm ascending to heaven, but it's now your turn to come into that place of the anointing, empowering, equipping of the Holy Spirit to go out and proclaim my word and to demonstrate my kingdom, authority, and power and rule. There's a promise and the power and the purpose is to be a witness for me. It's to proclaim the kingdom of God. It's to see captives set free. And my prayer that as we enter this next phase of our lives, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit and we go and see his kingdom demonstrated and proclaimed in our lives and in our communities. You know, I can honestly say that the empowering of the Holy Spirit in my life made a difference to me. Yes, I became a Christian at an early age. And yes, when you become a Christian, the Spirit of God comes to live inside you and begins to change you into the image of Christ day by day, hopefully. But there's another experience beyond that where there's an empowering and equipping and infilling, some call it the baptizing, and the Holy Spirit which comes to empower and equip you. And I want to, want to honestly say today that even though I was a Christian. There was an experience where I came into the experience many years later of the empowering of the Holy Spirit coming on my life, and I was a different person. And without that, I can honestly say I would not be here today speaking to you in this capacity. It equipped me. It, more than that, it gave me a, a more intimate relationship with my Savior. It gave me a prayer language and a praise language that I didn't know. But above all, it was an empowering to demonstrate and to witness and be equipped to demonstrate and proclaim the kingdom of God. We've heard stories of the difference it made in Kerry's life. And I want to encourage you today. There's an empowering and equipping and filling of the Holy Spirit which can transform and change your life. If we look at what happened here to the disciples, they actually did as they were told and they waited at Jerusalem. And then if we went on to chapter 2 of Acts, this is what the Bible says, where they were all there with one accord in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven that the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Something changed within them. The Holy Spirit came down and filled them and they were equipped and empowered to go on and fill, fill the commission that Jesus had called them to do. 
the practice was it changed them. And if you look at this story, they were in a room waiting for this to happen. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they went out and it made such a difference to them. People looked at them thought they were drunk because of the change in them. But Peter says, no, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And just think about it for a moment. This Peter, who a few days earlier had been denying his Savior, then on the day of Pentecost, went out and under the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, he boldly proclaims the good news of the risen Christ. And on that day, 3,000 people responded to the message and accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Wouldn't it be great if we proclaimed the message under the power of the Holy Spirit, people responded and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior? That's the difference, the boldness that come on these disciples. It's the same equipping that Acts chapter 3, we read Peter and John going up to church, so to speak. And they met a man who was lame, and the man was begging, and they said, can you give me money? I need money. Please give me money. And Peter replied, I've not got any. Silver and gold I haven't got. But I'll tell you what, what I have got, I'll give you. And under the power and anointing of the Spirit, it says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that man got up and started walking. This is the Peter who was transformed by that empowering of the Holy Spirit. And not just Peter, the Bible says further on in Acts chapter 5, that the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. They were anointed by the Holy Spirit and went about and were proclaiming and demonstrating that kingdom power and authority. And listen, it wasn't just for those early apostles. It wasn't just for the chosen special few. The Bible says it's for as many as the Lord God calls. See, there's another experience a few chapters later on in Acts when Peter is called to Cornelius' house who lived in Caesarea. He was a, a Gentile. He was not a Jewish person, but believed in God. And Cornelius basically had invited his close family, his close relatives, and some friends round to a meeting where they were all sitting in house house, two meters apart. Now, the Bible doesn't say that, but we won't go there. They were together sitting, and Peter was preaching to them. And while Peter was preaching, because he was preaching far too long, like most preachers do, don't say anything just now, but Peter was preaching. And while Peter was preaching, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And the Jewish believers who were with Peter says, the gift of the Holy Spirit has also been poured out in the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God, i.e. the Jewish believers think it's only for so many people, this thing, this empowering, this equipping, this anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's only for the chosen few, it's only for us really religious, spiritual people, or it's, we could say it's only for pastors or leaders or teachers or whatever, but God was demonstrating, no, this is for everyone, it's open to all, this equipping power is available, and it's for everyone who believes and embraces the promise of the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And I got to remember that this impacted these early apostles and disciples so much that it was so powerful in their life that they knew that it was for everyone and everyone should receive this equipping power and promise of the Holy Spirit. If you read in Acts chapter 8, Philip was an evangelist and he went and preached a storm in Samaria and loads of people were accepting Christ. Then as evangelists do, he moved on to the next place but many people had come to faith in Jesus Christ. And then the church leaders, the, apostle, the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard this. And it says, and they sent Peter and John. When they heard this, they sent Peter and John to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to talk and t tell people about this Holy Spirit. And Peter and John went, and they went, and they gave an, an explanation of the Holy Spirit as soon as they arrived. And they prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Listen, as soon as they heard that people had come to faith in Jesus Christ, the apostle says we need to get them to embrace this and filling this, equipping this, empowering the Holy Spirit. So Peter and John, hurry up and get down there and pray for them and tell them that they need this empowering. It's great that they accepted Christ. It's great that they have him in their life. But there's another experience of an empowering and an equipping of the Holy Spirit. So Peter and John went as soon as they heard and they saw these people filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the same reason we read in Acts 19 when Paul arrived at Ephesus to a group of believers that were there. The first question that's recorded, they asked, it wasn't how's your day been? How are you enjoying life? What you've been up to? The first thing recorded when they saw these guys was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I, I know you believed, I know you've accepted Jesus, I know you've had an experience where he's come to live inside you, but there's another experience called the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Did you get that when you received Jesus? And they say, we haven't a clue what you're talking about. So Paul says, okay, let's deal with that. Let me pray for you. And the Bible says that when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, the early apostles knew the difference it made to their life. You know why we're speaking about this today? Because this is what in the calendar is called Pentecost Sunday. Originally, there was a feast of Pentecost in Bible times, like this first day of Pentecost, which literally meant 50 days. And it was 50 days after or this celebration of the early harvest and it was a feast day where they were celebrating the early harvest or two harvests but this was 50 days after that and they were celebrating an early harvest and it was a feast day and that's why there were so many people in Jerusalem all coming for the feast. Now we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, a Pentecost not as a feast day that they did then but it's still 50 days, but 50 days after Easter, Sunday. And whatever it's called is not the issue. It's the experience of Pentecost, which is important. It's the experience of knowing that and filling that, empowering that equipping of the Holy Spirit. And today is a day when we cannot just look historically and talk about that first day of Pentecost, the last promise Jesus gave, I'm going to heaven, but that anointing which was on me can still come through the Holy Spirit on your life. 
so that you can be all that God's called you to be, so that you can be empowered and equipped to serve God and fulfill the great commission. It happened then, but we can have our own Pentecost Sunday today. We can embrace the promise of Pentecost. We can embrace that empowering of the Holy Spirit today. Maybe you're listening to this and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Today, we want to encourage you, where you are, you can just say yes to Jesus. Yes, I need Jesus Christ to come into my life. If that's you, we'd love you just to say that prayer right where you are. Just now say, Lord Jesus, forgive me and come in and be my Savior. If you do that, we'd love you to click on the raise your hand part of the screen that you see if you're watching this live. And then click on the connect with us, which will take you to our website. And the next step is where you can give your details and we'd love to connect you and help you in this new walk of faith. If you're watching later, you can click on the description with the link next steps. And again, that'll take you to where you can connect with us and we can help you. We'd love you to do that. The greatest decision you can ever make is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. But for all of us today, right where we are, maybe you've never experienced that empowering, that equipping, that infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't need to be in a church building for that to happen. These early apostles were just in a house, in a room. In a few moments, I'm going to pray. And then Scott's going to lead us in a song. And during this time of prayer, as we, and as Scott leads us, where you are, you can just open up yourself and say, Lord, come and fill me. Come and empower me. Come and equip me. And I'm believing that the Holy Spirit can just move in our homes, in our wherever we are, and just come and fill us. Lord Jesus said in chapter 7, speaking of it, 7, if empty's thirsty, let him come and drink. And out of his animal's being will flow rivers of living water. See, the purpose of the infilling is an outflowing. The purpose of the infilling is so that that life flows out of us and into other lives as well. Maybe you've already experienced that experience of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. But maybe you're just feeling a bit dry this morning. Maybe you just feel, I just need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. There's a song, an old song that says, fill me in you, fill me in you, Spirit of a living God, fall afresh on me. Right where you are. Just let's have a time where we just open ourselves up. If you want, just let your hands out like I'm doing there. Just say, Lord, I'm open for you to come and fill me afresh. And that in these moments, just between you and God, if you're hungry and you're thirsty and you know you need that equipping power that Pentecost Sunday brings, that anointing, that equipping of the Holy Spirit and filling you. Let's believe for God to come and just, let's embrace the promise of the power that comes through the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray and then as Scott sings, let's just continue to open ourselves up in our hearts and trust and say, Lord, come and fill me afresh. Father God, for everyone who doesn't know you, I pray, Lord, that they'll pray and ask you to be their savior. To just say yes to Jesus, forgive me, and come and cleanse me, forgive me, and make me a child of God.
but every one of us, for all the rest of us. Lord, I pray right now for those who've never experienced that unfilling and power of the Holy Spirit, that right now you'll just come and move, and Lord, that we will receive that unfilling of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, for everyone here, everyone who just needs that fresh and filling in power. Father, I'm praying right now that all over the place, in every home and every vehicle that is watching this this morning or today, that you will just move by your spirit and you'll fill our rooms with your presence and you'll fill every person with a new anointing and a new filling and a new equipping of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we embrace the promise of power. We embrace the promise of your Holy Spirit and we receive right now. And Lord, we, Lord, we acknowledge that you're Lord and that we are your servants and we need your equipping and power so that we can move to see your kingdom come into our world and in our lives. And Father God, right now, we just say yes to you. We say yes to the promise of your Holy Spirit, and we come as open vessels, and we say, fill us anew, fill us afresh. Lord, just fill with your Holy Spirit. Lord, let us receive that fresh and new anointing and equipping in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.